Hi guys, and welcome back to this week's episode of Let's Chat Ethics. I'm your co-host, Ariana. And I'm your other co-host, Amanda. Oh, and this is our Christmas episode! Woo! So, full disclosure, Ariana and I are indulging in some mulled wine. Woohoo! And some, well, Amanda's eating some mince pies. But I, I don't know why I'm not feeling mince pies <laughs> yes. this season, but I will be eating a lot of cheese. <laughs> I'm... I'm basically a mince pie at this point. <laughs> I'm made of mince pies at this point. And by the way, yeah, I have I have a favorite, but they're not sponsoring me, so I'm not. Yeah, you wait till you get that sponsor until you say who, who that mince pie is, because <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll have we'll have our I've thousand fans rushing out to there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. mince pies are sold out. <laughs> Thanks to an ethical podcast. Ethical oh AI gosh, podcast. I can see it now. <laughs> <laughs> what a beautiful. Oh, we can dream. This time next year. Exactly. Next year. So, um, this this week, I guess we're going to talk about the top ten or the highlights in AI ethics in 2020. Believe it or not, there have been highlights. But I guess a highlight can also be negative. So, epic moments, iconic AI ethics moments. So, to start off, you know, in the UK, we're currently isolated as people and as a country. Good times, good uh, times. <laughs> yes. Fun, fun times, fun times. Thank you, Europe. <laughs> thank you, Brexit. <laughs> yes, thank you, Brexit. <laughs> thank you, Corona. And thank you, twenty twenty. <laughs> thank you, twenty twenty. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> um. So we're gonna start with the most topical thing, which would be, I think, the digital contact tracing. I don't want to call it a shit show, but the shit show that it, <laughs> that it was. Tbh. Mm. I mean, I think. Digital digital contact tracing, I think the um, ideology behind it actually makes sense. And I think some countries, it wasn't it Singapore actually did, and Taiwan used digital contact tracing in a really um, impactful way and actually did manage to track the virus. But uh, the UK, <laughs> United Kingdom, maybe not so much, I think that's probably what's ingrained in our mind when you think of digital contract tracing is maybe the kind of mess up we've had here with that and yeah I think there was many I think in terms of AI ethics the main thing was there was a lot of private privacy concerns and um that's I think why it would probably be a big 2020 topical discussion yeah definitely I think that was one of the most talked about issues and I think um, it's pretty interesting because I don't tend to think of AI ethics as being something that tends to make major headlines um, before something bad happens. Like, of course, when, I don't know, you've got yeah, Google Photos labeling black people as gorillas, of course, that's going to that's gonna make headlines and it's horrific. But the, the privacy issues were brought to the forefront before the app was even built or anything, you know, as soon as... There was a mention that we could use digital contact tracing. Everybody was talking about um, the the whole privacy issue, and 
in the end. Oriana, what happened to the digital contact tracing? Well, it's still about. It's still, <laughs> I mean, it's still here, but it's just not been... I think the problem was the implementation of it was not successful and there wasn't enough thought strategy and the kind of leadership, I think, behind it. Our marketing or advertising what digital contact tracing was and how it could be meaningful. So, yeah, in terms of the UK, it's just kind of been a bit of a flop, as we would say. It's, it's Not that many people have downloaded the app and you mm-hmm. need, obviously a significant amount of people to actually download the app to make it worthwhile. And apparently they haven't actually been able to use it to trace many contacts as, as a whole. So yeah. And, and a lot of, a lot of money was invested into it by the UK. So it's, it's just been a bit, I would say it's been a 2020 AI ethics highlight because it, kind of I think in the UK has been negative but like I said in other countries it was used kind of successfully but I do think that's also down to culture and the way those governments work as well like we've spoken about before in um, AI and AI ethics it's a cultural thing as well as um, what the actual application is and I have got a question Uh, do you think that the kind of negative negative publicity it got because of the privacy concerns do you think that might have negatively impacted how many people used it and so how effective it could actually be i yeah i do actually i do i i i think a lot of people are not necessarily thinking necessarily down as deep as like like ai and um using our data in that sense but i think a lot of people were just more concerned like i i don't want the government knowing where i am i think that was a lot of things that I've, I've, you know, I've seen when I've been in um, lining up for restaurants or bars when we could go. Um, people have, um, have like absolutely been like, oh, no, I don't have the app. And when someone's been like, oh, can you download the app to check in? They're kind of like, no, I don't want to. And then the person kind of behind the check in is, like, oh, OK, you can write your name and number down that way. And I think a lot of people in the UK have been kind of had been like, actually, no, I, I don't really want that happening. And I'm not sure if it's because they're thinking about necessarily data and AI and AI ethics mm-hmm. at all. I think it's maybe, I think it's more down to a governmental, I don't want the government kind of knowing where I am and just kind of this, I think it's a lot of it's control because I think historically, I guess the UK has kind of been known as a more um, liberal um, democracy type country. And I think people here as a whole do not like do not like being told what to do. I think quite frankly, maybe more so than other countries, the UK does not like being told how to act or what they can and cannot do. And I think that's why there has been maybe a bit adversity towards the app. So I think it could have been more successful if more people were on board with it. But I do think that's also a governmental issue if they're not if they weren't telling people about the pros and cons properly and telling people how their data was being used and shared. And I do think um, I didn't really see much being like much education in that area. What were your thoughts on it? Um, I mean, I think it's interesting that you talk about the, the, this idea that British people don't like, like, or they maybe don't want the government knowing where they are, etc. Like I, 
Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, I'm half Spanish, and so obviously I have Spanish nationality, and I I grew up there, and um, in Spain, and I think in many other, probably most other European countries, uh, we have a national ID card, um, which allows you to travel between countries. So um, in the EU. Um, so within the EU, I don't need a passport. I just need my my Spanish national ID card. And this ID card in in Spain, at least, I think from the age of sixteen, you are supposed to always have it on you. And so the police can stop you at any time and ask you for your ID card. And on the one hand, yeah, I think that is kind of intrusive, and I wonder if it's a bit of a leftover from the dictatorship in Spain. I don't know. Um, but and. Yeah, but at the same time, I love that I don't have to carry a passport around when I travel. It's pretty great. It just fits in your wallet. It's like the size of a credit card. But when I told my my British friends about it, they were horrified that you would have to carry some this specific form of formal ID on you, and that and, and that the police could stop you and ask you for it. Um, but at the same time, the UK, I think, has. I think in worldwide, the biggest number of CCTV cameras, etc. So whether you like it or not, the government knows where you are or they can know where you are. Maybe it's kind of one of those uh, Schrodinger's problems with the electron and stuff. Or like either you know where you are or you know at what time, something like that. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's very interesting. Yes. And I think I, I understand people's concerns because I think um, like Ivana said last week when we talked to her in last week's episode. No, sorry, this week's bonus episode. Um, yeah, historically, governments have kind of fucked up and done shit with our, our private data. And so, uh, yeah, I get it. At the same time, I think, I don't know, maybe I have a little bit of trust still in the government, but maybe I'm naive. Maybe I'm naive. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> No, no, I can, I can be, I, I think in the UK anyway, I think people live under this false, maybe a false um, understanding that we're really, really, really free and that we're um, completely like, you know, the, the government doesn't control us in any like way, shape or form. I do think that's something that UK people as a nation do kind of believe with that we're, um, hence why that would be something that someone would be really upset about. Like, oh my God, I can't believe you had to carry your ID on you and, um, I do think that's why there has been a bit of adversity to kind of the rules in the UK for coronavirus and so digital contract tracing people haven't taken to because they don't like the idea of the government kind of following or tracing them. However, I don't actually think that people realise, like you said, that in the UK that we are like London has some, I think the most CCTV cameras or the second most in like the world Um, and we are constantly tracked all the time by CCTV. There's way more CCTV here than there is in America, for example. And I think, mm-hmm. so it's just interesting, I think, how we're, as a nation, very adverse to digital contract tracing, but not realising that, like you said, the government know all our moves anyway. We're being tracked by cameras before uh, 2020. And I think 2020 maybe just highlighted to people how much the government can get involved. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of with you. I, I think... I think it's good to have trust in in your government, whatever country you are from, because if you have zero trust in your government, I guess that is is gonna lead to 
just I guess unrest and whatever I think it's good to have some trust um in the decisions that are being made but I do understand when when people aren't tr- aren't trusting because 2020 I guess for a lot of people in a lot of countries has maybe highlighted how their governments have not dealt with the pandemic well because I think that's one thing that's definitely happened this year is we've seen which governments have dealt with this well versus which governments have dealt with this terribly and I think that's been another thing that's kind of shattered public trust yeah I, guess. I mean it's really when I you know sometimes if I'm I'm, I'm on YouTube and the bit of like suggestions of news come up and whenever you read the comments even on like videos from the BBC or you know reputable news sources like I don't know, the Guardian the Telegraph all the comments are people who don't like yeah they don't believe that corona is real they think it's a hoax they are sick of the lockdown because the lockdown didn't work the first time around but it it did i mean it's just that it didn't destroy the virus but it did slow down the thing right um so it's yeah i feel like a lot of people have lost trust in the government because of that and maybe i don't know if uh, the failure of dct fed into government distrust or if government distrust fed into the dct i think yeah i think a bit of both you know because i think if digital contract tracing had worked the way it was meant to look like if we if we take taiwan taiwan really got on top of the virus like so quickly um Mm -hmm. so I, i do think if if digital contract tracing had works as well it was meant to in say the uk then probably people would have what and then that would definitely have an impact on the spread of the virus and then that might mean we would be in a better position than we are now so i think that would mean that as a whole the nation would probably have a bit more trust in in the government um but i'm just gonna sidetrack into our next one because i'm thinking we've (laughs) could get in a digital contact tracing hole for a while I think Christmas special and digital contact. I know we could literally do the Christmas special on this, but um, I think uh, the next one that I would say would stand out for me in terms of AI ethics would be um, facial recognition being taken off the market by like IBM and Amazon and a few others after the Black Lives Matter movement. I think I think that one was a big one this summer that was definitely thrown into the media, and I think a lot of people actually started to understand the impact of what facial recognition can do that maybe wasn't highlighted before because I think a lot of people have had maybe heard of facial recognition but I don't think a lot of people understood maybe what it actually is or does or who's using it how it's being used and I think this summer massively highlighted um yeah exactly that so I think that's one that definitely stood out for me I don't know what your thoughts on that were yeah I think uh, definitely the summer was was it the summer for AI ethics maybe there's so many things that happened um but I think in terms of the facial recognition I think yeah people realized just how widely used it is how how it's being used and how it can fail and also more optimistically how effective activism can actually be because i think i don't know i when i was a bit younger a teenager i was all about going to demonstrations and i was very politically involved and i i still am uh, but not to the extent that i was and i think for some time i lost faith like i remember after the brexit vote etc 
um, there were some demonstrations, but essentially nothing came out of these demonstrations, right? We never had a second vote. Um, nothing, even though the the vote was declared illegal, but not sorry, not the vote, but the um, uh, the no the campaign, campaign, right? No yeah, campaign, the no campaign. Right? Yeah. sorry, the Leave campaign. <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting my my referendums mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, um, yeah, that made me feel a bit like, oh, maybe it's totally pointless. It's very easy for politicians, etc., to just ignore. But the fact that even companies like Amazon would take notice of uh, activism and pull something as big as facial recognition of the market, it's, yeah, I, I don't know. I left, can I say warm, fuzzy feelings for Amazon? Like, for once? I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I, I think. <laughs> I think off the off the back of the the Black Lives Matter protests and movement this summer, I do, I do think that was definitely a massive positive that came to light. And like you said, it just showed that activism in in this sense did actually make a difference because that's a very huge move for IBM and like Amazon to actually yeah. stop yeah. selling their facial recognition to um the police force. I think um my more cynical view on it though is like why why were they doing that in the first place? And <laughs> it's not an episode of Let's Chat Netflix if or yeah. I'm sorry, but you know it just got us yeah. yeah. I think yeah, you know, no I was just I think Obviously, I think it's great that it's off the market, but I think it's more disappointing that it took maybe this for it to get off the market. And I know that's how, I guess, life works in many ways, that we have to we have to have activism to push corporations to do things in a more ethical way. Um, but yeah, I was, maybe I was just, I was just maybe more a bit disappointed about how many companies were using this facial recognition before that in such kind of a secretive negative way because like I was saying not many people knew how it was being used um but I would say that is a positive to come out of 2020 that these companies did take mm -hmm. it off the market and I'm not going to give them too much credit but because I don't like giving corporations too much credit but I'm happy it's off the market I know I'm really hoping <laughs> that like future generations see this and go like yes it's worth um doing some activism for the things that you believe in Oh, 100%. I think that's beautiful. that's a good thing. I think activism should never be, um, like, no one should turn their nose up at activism ever because when you think about most of the big movements in the last, like, few hundred years, it's, it's, it's taken activism, like the civil rights movement, um, you know, women getting the right to vote. All these things have been through movements. So even though sometimes the world can feel ho hopeless in, in certain aspects, it takes movements to get these things going. Yeah. So, yeah, that, I would say that's a a good thing that's definitely come out of 2020, that being removed. And hopefully this will stay this way and that facial recognition will not be used by these big companies again in such a negative force. Yeah. I think another thing I've loved in 2020 that might, it's not exactly something that's been in the news, but something that I, as an academic, as a PhD student, have experienced and have been really inspired by is the fact that this year I think basically every major conference <clears throat> excuse me in natural language processing has had either a, a special session or a panel 
um, or a workshop on AI ethics and whatever discipline it was. So, you know, we had a lot of, I do natural language processing. So basically I think every one of those conferences has had um, a whole session on, on AI ethics and there's been a lot more publications, but having a special dedicated section of the conference for AI ethics, um, it's, for me, it's, it's a wonderful thing. I think it's so important to build it into the, the culture and by having a, a special section where you're specifically asking for papers on AI ethics really inspires and makes people want to work on this. Uh, and that, that I think is really great. And it's clearly an acknowledgement from the, the board that this is important and we should be looking into it. So that's been super exciting. And I know, Rihanna, that you had a chance to listen into a couple of them. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, th I think that's, that's something that I've actually um spoken about with just my friends in general how this year i've noticed such a big shift in how people view ethical ai or ai as as a whole compared to um a few years ago like the last few years for myself like working in this space it's taken kind of it's been very slow very slow and like people like you were saying like you go to conferences you go to um talks or workshops and there hasn't really been kind of as much talk about ethical AI as there has been, it seems this year. And I felt like from the beginning of the year, it was like slowly trickling before coronavirus happened anyway. And then in terms of um, just like working with different people and going, like you're saying, to different conferences and events, everyone is prioritizing ethical AI. And it, always, it almost feel, feels actually a bit surreal. <laughs> like it does, feel, if you'd said this to me two or three years ago, I would be like, no. No, surely not. But it's like, it's kind of feels like it's exploded into this real, actual, recognized field where it's like now ethical AI is actually a field that people want to work in and are working in. Whereas before it was like kind of just AI or like, and all the like fragmented parts of that. And mm -hmm. that's, I think, been a really, I guess, a really positive thing to come out. And I guess maybe because this year's kind of highlighted how much AI can go wrong so mm -hmm. yeah 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 I think uh, we had like in 2016 maybe there started popping up more papers on um on AI ethics uh, I thought there was a really funny cartoon it was like uh, a graph of the number of publications in AI ethics and they were like maybe one or two per year and then in 2016 it was like oh shit and then they just like shot up yeah <laughs> Um, and it was just a cartoon. I don't think it was based on, on real numbers. But, um, you know, I think people used to have this idea that AI and AI ethics were very separate. And AI ethics was this kind of, you know, very philosophy. Like, what if robots should become human or get human rights and get personas and stuff? Um, or very, like, hypothetical and... Um, and suddenly people have realized that AI, I mean, not suddenly, obviously there's people that have been working on this for a long time, but it's kind of really come to the forefront and come to the attention of the general public and everybody that AI is kind of here. <laughs> I'm, I don't really want to refer to what we call AI today uh, as AI, but that's just me being a little picky. But, you know, that what people are calling artificial intelligence is having a real impact and is being really used today. So we have to keep it in check and we have to keep 
ethical questions up front like we do with with medicine and etc so that that's been i don't know yeah for me that's been really exciting to see that really recognized by uh, companies and uh, academics alike because usually conferences are, are sponsored by uh, yeah no i i completely agree i think before now it was kind of like you were saying there wasn't really it was always just kind of seen like oh it's like philosophy talking about what will happen in a hundred years? Will robots take over the world? And will, <laughs> well, just all these like, will robots come and kill us? And I, I do think before, before the last few years, honestly, any conversation I would have with people, they would literally say that to me, just like, yeah. oh, you know, yeah. the, oh, AI, AI's, oh yeah, AI's basically robots coming to take over, and that's that. Yeah, and I Terminator, yeah, Terminator, Hulk. <laughs> yeah literally I was just like no I, I and I don't think a lot of people realize maybe until actually again recently I don't think the general public really realized until the last two years maybe this year even more how much AI is in our everyday life already yeah and that's I think that's what and that's kind of what I've liked seeing and I think it's also been nice to, for me to see how many um startups and like all, all all sizes of business and it's not just tech like yeah. marketing companies like creative businesses who all suddenly like oh wait we all use ai and that means how are we going to be using it ethically and i think everyone started to realize how much it does impact the everyday life so i think that's been a really i would say that's a massive like you said big positive to come out of this year and i do see it only going like from strength to strength now i think Pretty, I I predict that my, like every conference now and every workshop and stuff will have some some reference to ethical AI and how people are using it ethically. I do think that's going to be completely the way forward now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's wonderful. I, I yeah, I'm 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 really excited about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited about it as well. I think that's my that's probably my favorite thing, like work wise, to come out of this year, definitely. <laughs> okay, so my next favorite thing that happened in AI ethics in 2020 is this podcast. We started this podcast, uh, I guess, towards the end of 2020, but it's still <laughs> wonderful. We have a lot of fun doing this. I hope you guys have fun listening to our podcast. Um, and maybe the wine is... <laughs> the mulled wine is getting to us now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I was going to say, I think this is definitely one of, one of my favourite things to come out of 2020. I did not think that I would be doing a podcast with someone this year and that someone's be Amanda. And the thing is... <laughs> In fact, Oriana and I didn't even know each other. I was going to say, at the beginning of 2020, we didn't even know each other. We only knew each other halfway kind of through this year. So that's definitely been one of my highlights of 2020, this podcast. And (laughs) also getting to know Amanda, that's been a highlight of 2020. I know. You've been a highlight for me too. Oriana and I have matching cups now. I know. I don't know if that makes us cute or losers, but we love it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, are we cringy? Okay, more epic moment in 2020. Uh, we did do a full episode about this, so I guess we won't get into it too much. But obviously, there was a Timnit, um, Google firing Timnit Gebru. Yeah, I think that was definitely a low, a low moment of 2020, especially for ethical AI, as she was such a leader in the ethical AI space. So. Yeah. I think that was just a really, really disappointing, disheartening moment, I think, for the whole AI community as, yeah, I I guess it just, 
highlighted how, like I said in the, the episode, really how toxic those companies like Google can really be, especially towards black women. So, yeah, and I know she's conti- since our last episode, she's continued to speak out about all the negative treatment she had as a black woman at Google and how much black women mm-hmm. are silenced at Google. And I know that's been a hot topic on Twitter now. So, yeah, I think it's amazing that she's speaking out and sharing her experiences, though, so that I guess other people won't fall fall into that kind of area. Yeah, that's definitely been a, a low point in, in 2020, but we've got her next move to look forward to. So I wonder where she's going to go to next. Maybe she'll consider a position <laughs> in Edinburgh. <laughs> there we go. Um, Oh yeah, I'm sure she's. I feel like I feel like she's probably inundated with job um, job requests. So yeah, I, I imagine. I imagine she's as she's such a yeah, such an inspirational leader. So I I know she'll. I'm sure she has so many requests from people to work with her. So yeah, but it's really amazing though. Without people like that who actually do kind of ring the alarm on these like whistleblowers who do kind of ring the alarm on these companies they these companies will continue to kind of get away with this really bad behavior so hopefully even though i'm not too optimistical but hopefully google will make some changes <laughs> oriana the forever skeptic <laughs> i'm sorry get get me some evidence when they can tell me different and they'll change my mind <laughs> this is a balanced podcast oriana hates big tech i don't I'm hate i don't know hate 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 is a strong word i just okay sorry ariana dislikes some of the 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 movements that big tech do hate is a strong word i think they have some positives too ariana is big tech critical exactly i'm a critic you you can be a critic and that doesn't mean you hate okay it's good to have criticism (laughs) any more moments i feel like we're probably missing yeah i think epic right now something major that happened in the first half of the year but then corona happened and... i feel like this is a thing we've been our minds have honestly been my i know my mind anyway has been consumed with what's happening can i go to the shop today can i not are we gonna yeah, have I a lockdown are we not are we it's a virus like have i got coronavirus have i not it's just i feel like it's yeah that's basically 2020 in a nutshell so i think it's hard yeah, to yeah. it's hard to i guess I remember all the moments yeah. but I was 28 when the beginning, when the, at the beginning of the year now, I feel like I'm 50. Honestly. But something actually we could talk about in 2020, um, something that happened because of Corona um, is that our behavior completely changed all of a sudden. Yeah. And that messed with a lot of AI systems. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so there's something to kind of consider, right? So a lot of time people talk about how Data is very valuable, but it's time sensitive. Uh, most data, maybe not medical data, actually. Um, but you know, the the pandemic was something that had such a such an impact and such a change in our behavior so quickly um, that really kind of highlighted just how useless in a way data that is old can be so that that was interesting yeah because yeah that, that's such a good point because no one no one apart from bill gates may I add <laughs> so i'm not going to say no one actually let me take that back <laughs> bill gates and i'm sure a bunch of other people could predict that this would have happened but 
as a majority, the world did not predict that a virus was going to sweep the land and that we would all be working from home where we could. Obviously, some people weren't fortunate enough to work from home, but more of the majority were able to work from home, I guess. And everyone's, like you said, habits completely changed. Um, and I think the natural human habit has been more to be like embracing of like your colleagues, your friends, your family, to hug, to touch. A lot of cultures are, are like that. And especially in Europe, quite touchy-feely. Yeah. yeah, do you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> I quite, yeah, do you know Like you see your friends, you want to hug them. Like a, a lot of uh, cultures in Europe will like kiss yeah. on the cheek. Yeah, I mean, I'm Spanish. I kiss people when I meet them. I'm like, come here, wah, wah. And, and here I'm like, people have to tap me on the foot. And I'm just like, you're dirty, not me. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. I feel like it's just... It's been it's been a year, like you said, where date and if you'd gone, if an AI system, if we'd taken any human out and we just left AI to predict, or well, going off old data, you would never have really predicted that everything would completely shift this much. And yeah, I remember when Corona was just a beer? Exactly. <laughs> and apparently their sales <laughs> fell by like sixty percent in the first half of the year. I bet. I mean, honestly, if somebody mentions Corona now, like beer is the last thing. But I'll also, mind. I. I love Corona beer, so no one, no, no slander, no slander on Corona beer. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think Oriana has been single-handedly responsible for all the Corona. Um, no, that's not quite true. Definitely Carver. No, no. <laughs> or should I say Carver? <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. The the fact that our our whole way of life has completely shifted is, like you said, yeah. um. A huge thing to come out of 2020 and this whole thing of the new normal will we what is normal anymore what will happen in life after corona then there's so many questions that aside from ai ethics just general life of corona has left us in 2020 um yeah i just it, i just for me anyway i can't i know that I, <laughs> when i think of a year ago i'm just like there's part of me that's like Oh, I want to give myself a pat on the back. Like, you don't know what's to come. Because, yeah. you know, when everyone was like... <laughs> you have no idea. Everyone was just like, new decade, 2020. Everyone was like, last yeah. New Year's, everyone was really celebrating. However, at the same time, I do think for anyone listening to this, if you have made it this far in 2020, I do think everyone does deserve a pat on the back. Because wherever you live, wherever you are in the world, like, everyone has been through a massive life change. And with life change comes anxiety and upset so I think everyone if you're listening pat on the back because if you're listening you've made it this far and I feel like everyone should be proud of themselves whatever they've done and whatever they've achieved this year because it's been a hard year to achieve such things so right now Amanda pat on the back <laughs> pat on the back have yourself a mince pie have, have yourself, yourself some mulled wine yeah and merry little wine. Christmas all right Ching. here is some oh there we go and I feel like <laughs> And then this is when we have to do our Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Okay, so on that note, guys, I think we're going to close out on this episode and I hope you have enjoyed. I hope whoever's listening right now, you have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. A very, very Merry Christmas. Yeah, and hopefully 2021 brings us a lot more positivity and joy. And this time next year, Amanda and I will do a even more crazy roundup of ethical AI. Yeah, hopefully not over Zoom. Hopefully in person, yeah. Yeah, and we will be sponsored by 
my mince pie provider. Wink, wink. You probably know who you are. Exactly. And if you're listening now, mince pie provider, we're waiting for that that big sponsor deal. Yeah. Bring them back next year. Oh I my need gosh. them. I'll be looking out for them in September. Oh my god. I feel like this is where our episode starts to become unhinged. <laughs> so, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Because this is our last episode of the year. Oh my I god. I was going to say. Actually, this I feel is like. This our last episode of the year. Thank you to everyone who has listened to our podcast. And we, we actually genuinely, we genuinely really appreciate yeah. your listening. And Thank as you. always, like we said, if you do have any feedback, we would appreciate it. But um, yeah, we've, we've really enjoyed making this podcast. So we hope that we can continue giving you some podcast joy in 2021. Yeah, this has been the highlight of our, I think it's my week for you now. <laughs> oh, it's definitely the highlight <laughs> been, of my week. <laughs> yeah, this has been the highlight of our week for the last few months. Um, I think we've both really enjoyed it. We love whenever we get a comment uh, from anybody. That's honestly great. So yeah, we'd be really happy to hear from any anyone else. And you can look forward to more collaborations, more guests, and hopefully more mulled wine in 2021. Exactly. And hopefully a world where ethical AI is taking over the universe. Yeah. And on that note, we'll see you in 2021. Bye.